Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you towards growth in all areas of life, personal, spiritual and professional. We seek to do this through the Catholic Women's Masterclass, our Catholic coaching programs for women, as well as our resources and our online virtual Catholic Women's Summits. If you would like to find out anything about these initiatives, can I invite you to visit our website, www.geniusproject.co, or come and join us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily, or you can watch the live recordings of these podcasts on the Genius Project YouTube channel. On this week's episode of the podcast, we have something that is a little bit different for you. I thought I'd share with you an interview that I did with David from Yes Catholic last week. On the Yes Catholic, I share a little bit about my own personal journey of trust and God's faithfulness in my life. And I thought it might be fun just to have a listen to learn a little bit about my story and how the Lord has worked throughout my life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's Genius Podcast. Welcome to Yes Catholic, the place where real people share their real stories and realize it is all God's grace on the move. I'm your host, David Patterson, and every week we hear a new guest share their story of how they came to give their yes to Jesus and his church. So let's get started. There we go. How are you, Karen? Uh, Amazing. Hello, David. How are you? Not too bad. Super excited for you to share your story. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you for having me. It's wonderful. I love the work that you're doing at Yes Catholic. Praise God. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I give all credit to the Holy Spirit. I just try to say yes, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, Karen, uh, for those who don't know you, why don't you share a little bit about yourself before we dive into the rapid fire? Yeah, sure. So my name is Karen Doyle. I live in Australia. Um, We live in the capital, which is Canberra. Um, Married to my husband, Jonathan, for 22 years. And we have three children, 15, 13 and 11, two girls and a boy. The youngest actually just broke her elbow yesterday. So (laughs) we spent the the day in emergency. But um, yes, that's kids. No, it's all good. And uh, we do have kangaroos jumping across our driveway and our road, actually. Are you serious? <laughs> we oh, actually do. I often post on Instagram for all my US friends. They get a real thrill out of that. Yeah. But yes, I, I live in Canberra and um, my husband and I run a company called Choices Media, uh, which is a, a, I can share a little bit more about that, but it's a provider of, I guess, values and faith-based um, sexuality formation resources for schools and parents. And yeah. I'm also the founder of the Genius Project. So previously to that, I was a nurse and um, I've had lots of adventures throughout the years, but that gives you a little bit of a snapshot. Sounds like that was a solid mm-hmm. summary. Well, we're going to learn a little bit more about you <laughs> with the rapid fire icebreaker challenge. Just going to rhyme off some questions, answer as quickly as okay. possible. All right, here we go. Favorite place to visit? Oh gosh. Well, I loved Iceland. That was absolutely amazing. I have to say, I really love coming to the US, but it's not so much the place as it is the people. So I have a lot of uh, good friends over there. That's amazing. Have you visited a lot to the US? Yes, we have actually. My husband um, in 2017 spoke at a Catholic teachers convention and that kicked off a lot of work. So we were, he was over there about five times a year prior to COVID. And uh, the family would come with him, I guess, once a year, once every second year. So, yes, we've traveled quite a bit of the U.S. As you, as you said, it. it's an, an adventure for sure, especially with yeah. the family too. That's great. Yes, that's it. Okay, go to short prayer. Oh, my gosh. 
I think I really love, I oh know how many, there's so many of them, but um, right. St. Michael the Archangel, I do pray that each day and I, I love that prayer. Yeah. And, and the rosary. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Who inspires you? Gosh, there's so, so many people actually. I mean, right. Pope John Paul II is a big one because we studied at the Pontifical Institute. So that was a lot of my formation. So definitely his work inspires me. There's a lot of women who inspire me in the world. Um, Laura Rowland is one person. She's based in the US and Rachel Ullman at the Given Institute and the Dominican sisters, Sister Mary Rachel is one of my good friends. She's back in Nashville. Okay. And I have a lot of really beautiful friends here in Canberra who um, really inspire me. That's amazing. Sounds like you surround yourself with amazing people. Could speaking, be of amazing, <laughs> speaking of amazing people, saints, if you could have coffee with any okay. saints, who would it be? Golly, I think at this moment, I was actually thinking about favorite saints the other day because my daughter's about to make a confirmation. I think it would be oh, Joan yeah. of Arc at the moment. Because okay. I'd love to ask her how you navigate times of uncertainty with real courage, like really holding on to your faith during times of uncertainty and, and challenge and just having that brave spirit to show up and to keep fighting the good fight. Amen. Yeah, it's funny because yeah. a, a number of the previous interviews, St. Joan of Arc has actually come up as the answer for this. So oh, really? same, same kind of response. So there you go. Yes. St. Joan of Arc, pray for us. Okay. Yes. Amen. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? Okay. Gosh, <laughs> just one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just one, narrowing it down. I think it would be why. I don't like to ask the question why, um, because I think it's a bit of a dead end question because it doesn't lead anywhere well. But if I had God and I had his full attention, I'd ask him why sometimes he gives people miracles and not others or breakthroughs and healing. Because I know a lot of people who just bang on his door relentlessly. They're persistent in prayer. They do everything they can, but they don't, they don't feel that they're getting their breakthrough. So I'd ask yeah. him why that is. The big question, why? Yeah, yeah why? <laughs> Yeah, okay, one, but I don't more... think we're getting an answer this side of eternity to that question. Yeah, so there's an acceptance in that too. Yes, absolutely. And a trust as well. Okay, mm. last question is uh, go to order at a coffee shop just for fun. Say that again, sorry. Go, go to order oh, at a coffee shop. I don't, I don't drink coffee. No? So, no. But, I but there's other things at coffee shops. You could do hot chocolate. <laughs> yes, you could. Well, I am gluten-free, so I can't even have okay. that. So I do have okay. peppermint tea. And if I could peppermint go anywhere, tea. it would be Common Grounds at Gowrie, which is our local coffee shop. Oh, amazing. Well, that's yes. awesome. My husband's okay. a coffee snob. So. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. That's, yes. Went for coffee today with my wife, for sure. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. So we'll, uh, we'll begin with an opening prayer, and then we'll get a share story, okay? Sounds good. All right. In the name of the Father, the Amen. Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Teach us how to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, so much for Karen and for her witness and for the ad adventures that you have taken her and her family on. Lord, I just thank you so much for uh, your grace and for the ways that you have moved throughout her story. So, Lord, I just pray that everything that we discussed tonight would just give you glory. Lord, that we could just celebrate all the ways that you've been able to move throughout her story. Lord, I just pray for everyone who is tuning in tonight and who will listen in the future. I just pray for your blessing upon us. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Saint John Amen. Mark, please pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, friend. Fantastic.
let's dive right in. Where does your story right. begin? Where does my story begin? My golly goodness. Well, I was born. <laughs> Do you want me to go way back? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come Holy um, Spirit. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So I was born into, I was the eldest of four kids. Um, my dad was Catholic. Mum was actually Anglican. And so we were raised very much going to both a Catholic and an Anglican service, which okay. I think has given me very much this ecumenical sort of spirit, I guess, understanding that there, you know, obviously in the Catholic church, we have the fullness of truth, but we can actually also learn and lean into the wisdom of other denominations. So yes. um, that was a big part of my upbringing. My dad, when I was in year 10, oh, sorry, when I was in year seven, bought a Christian bookshop. And so he went from working in the public service to this Christian bookshop. So we had a lot of exposure, I guess, to different churches as well. Okay. But I think, you know, we were raised in faith and it was very much a faith-filled home. But I, my personal, I guess, first experience of Christ was when I was 13. So I had scoliosis, which is curvature of the spine. And that happened very quickly for me over a period of six months. So I went from having a curve of 50 degrees to something like 82 degrees. And it was really rapid. I, I was a swimmer, but my dad thought I was developing this muscle on one side of my back. Right. And my whole spine was curving, so my ribs were sort of touching my hips. I was quite like quite deformed on my back. And it was quite providential that I was booked in to have surgery in my hometown, but my dad came across another method in Sydney. And so he squeezed, was able to sweet talk the nurse and they squeezed me in. And the professor there is starting this new kind of surgery in Australia. And so he was able to do that on me. But there are a lot of risks, obviously. Yeah. And I, lucky I was 13 because, you know, when you're 13, you're a little oblivious <laughs> yeah. to, to the magnitude of that. But I do remember right. the night before my surgery just being really scared. Back then, um, mm -hmm. parents weren't allowed in the ward with the kids, so I was very much on my own. And I remember picking up my confirmation devotion and it had this scripture, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding, but in everything you do acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And so that really became a signature scripture from that age at 13 over my entire life. And I felt a real peace and I really encountered Jesus for the first time, I guess, as friend, as someone who was with me. So, that so you, was felt a, his, you felt his presence in that moment. of Absolutely. Reading. Absolutely. It was just wow. a peace that came upon me and... I just went through that surgery then and, and then the recovery, which went for quite a few, a couple of years actually. And yeah, so that was a really big moment. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was actually. And I think it's really looking back on it now as an adult, you, you realize that was a defining moment, I guess, where I knew Jesus was real. It wasn't mm. just something mum and dad had spoken about, but that I really felt his presence and, I think it wasn't then until I was in grade 10 where I made a very public choice for Christ in my life. So I was quite young to um, be really serious, I guess, in my faith. Yeah. So you, you experienced the Lord as you're reading that scripture, 13 years old. Mm. But what, what was it in grade, was it grade 10? that? And, and then grade 10 where I sort of stood up and went forward at a gathering and actually okay. gave my life to Christ. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's interesting how 
he leads you. I think looking back now, I can see there are all these moments where he's just drawing me closer or he's working in, I guess, suffering or in difficulty. But yeah, so sort of jumped forward and I ended up studying nursing at university. I really loved graphic design and, and all of that sort of stuff. But my teacher for art, it was um, a bit of a flirt and so then I moved into biology and so okay. that's where I made that move from graphic design to nursing. I ended up specialising oncology palliative care so I, I really loved um, I guess caring for people when they're dying and mm. sort of nursing them in those final stages of life that was another really profound moment of just nothing was more sacred. I've never experienced something as sacred apart from my kids being born of just encountering the Lord as you're journeying with someone home to heaven's door. So wow. that was very, very beautiful. Then my husband sort of came on the scene and we, we joke, he chased me for three years and I wouldn't go out with him. <laughs> and um, and we, we, we do joke when we speak at the men's conferences that there's a fine line between um, perseverance and stalking. But <laughs> so we, we, he, he's got a great sense of humour, my husband. But um, yeah. we became really, really good friends over those three years. And the reason was I'd broken up with another boyfriend from high school. I'd moved to okay. Sydney. Lots of things were happening. Okay. But um, Jonathan had this particular mm. quality that I was drawn to and he was a man of real integrity and he was mm. a man, not a boy. And part of the well, reason sad. we didn't yeah, date straight away was he had come to a conversion later in life and I guess I was just sort of waiting to see how that was going to go. Mm. Um, but we did start dating. And we dated for a year. He proposed. We're engaged for five months, and now we've been married twenty-two years. So it's um, it's been Perse great. His perseverance paid off. Yeah, it did. It <laughs> did. And and you know what? We actually we become we became very good friends. And I really think that's the bedrock of a great marriage is yes. that friendship and also that sense of um, being brothers and sisters in the Lord as well. Mm. Like really having someone who is in your corner and who yes. wills your good. So I've been very blessed to be married to him. He's been a wonderful influence. I think when I talk about people I admire, Jonathan is definitely up in my top couple. He's, yeah. um, he's a man of great faith and persistence and integrity. And I've been really blessed. He's really, I think I grew up very, maybe because of my experience of surgery and being self-conscious that I had a lot of fear I guess, around um, stepping out and really living who I was. Yes. And from the first moment we were married, Jonathan is, was and has always just pushed me forward. He's believed in me, pushed me forward um, and, and been really a very, very special influence in my life. So That's amazing. Yeah. yeah and so, really and so what led to the jump from, so you were in nursing. Yes. Then you got married. Yes. What what led you into <laughs> where you are now? I'm interested. Yeah. yeah, well, it's quite a story because Jonathan came home and he said to me one day, do you want to go on an adventure? And I'm thinking we're going camping or going for a walk. <laughs> but he's, he's talking about moving like a bazillion kilometres away from our hometown to live and work in a boys' boarding school. So I actually said there were three things I would never do in my life. I would never, ever do public speaking. I would never run my own business. And I would never work with teenagers. So ironically, we ended up setting up our own business, public speaking to teenagers. Right. Yeah. So uh, right. be careful. 
what you say you'll never do. But we moved up to this boarding school and we were the house parents to these boys. And I was still doing oncology nursing, but the second year we were there, they lost their director of their health clinic. So it was about 500 boys. And they asked, they were really desperate. They asked if I would take on the role as the director of their health clinic. So I'm like, no, I don't do teenagers. <laughs> I do people who are dying with cancer. But anyway, I um, ended up stepping yes. into this role. I said yes, but you know what? It was with great fear and great self-doubt. Like uh, every okay. day. I know. I've learned that. I tell people <laughs> that now. But I look back on that. I mean, that was 22 years ago now. But I was so unsure but there was always this strong sense of say yes, keep moving, Mm. say yes, Mm. keep moving. And so I did, I ended up having a sense that God wanted me to work with women and and do some speaking, which again was something I didn't want to do. And so I did a Toastmasters course, which was utter pure agony for me. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Every week with the boys in the boarding school, I did their Toastmasters course and ended up sort of writing programs for these teenagers because I guess Jonathan and I had a front row seat to the issues that they were Mm. living through, the choice, Mm. poor choices they were making. And, and that really ignited something in my spirit for forming young people, I guess, particularly in the area of sexuality Mm. and helping them understand that gift. And um, I guess after a couple of years there, we were called down to the Pontifical Institute, the other end of Australia. Jonathan comes home again. He goes, do you want to go on another adventure? Talk about adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, was like, I got used to my husband. He's not one to do things by house by any stretch. So um, right. we went down there for two years and again, lots of fear. I just thought I'm not like academic. This is not me. This is really hard study, mm. but just that desire and that push to keep saying yes and to trust. And, and then we set up our business choices, media, speaking to young people on these and then and when what started what started choices media well i think yeah well it was around choices as choices people make but we spell it c-h-o-i-c-e-z because choices was taken so we put the z in um and and i think just the richness of the study we did like unpacking this catholic catholic anthropology and then communicating that in a way that resonated and could young people could relate to because I think you know we have so much rich teaching in our Catholic Church but it's not presented often in a way that is accessible or dynamic or attractive yes Um, and so that was our passion Um, and so we started speaking but we also started a media company so we produce resources and now we're Australia's leading provider of values faith-based sex ed resources in Australia so Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thank you. It's hard work these days in our current climate, but yes. uh, it's, it's good work and needed work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so from there, when, when did the podcast begin? Yeah, so we were down there for two years and we came yeah. back to Canberra, our hometown. So we'd been away for about five. Wow. And when we came back, I met with a friend who'd also been away. She was newly married. And we really desired, um, I guess, sisterhood, like quality female relationships and connection. And we started meeting in a little connect group and then people saw us and they wanted to make more connect groups. So, and then we ended up running a Catholic women's conference and we started 
what's now Sisterhood, which is Australia's National Catholic Women's Movement, and we run a host Australia's Catholic Women's Conference each year. So it's good fun. So, look, that happened. And um, then just before COVID hit, we were, I was gearing up to launch the Genius Project at the conference and the podcast, um, and COVID hit. So we didn't have our conference, but we still launched the Genius Project. Okay. And I guess my heart and passion behind that is giving women tools and skills and formation so that they can live into the fullness of who God's created them to be. And, mm. and once again, the podcast, I'm like, I don't do videos. I don't do podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Just like I never do public speaking. But the Lord was sort of <laughs> saying, will you do it? I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, make God laugh to all your plans, right? I know, totally. So look, that's sort of my journey and, and where we are today. And the Genius Project now has just reached so many women and is really an initiative to support Catholic women towards growth in their personal, their spiritual, their professional life. And so we have a lot of initiatives that I guess do that and the podcast is one of them. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. You said at the beginning the adventure and I'm thinking... <laughs> sitting here listening <laughs> i was like version. <laughs> yeah and i'm sure you just have so many glory stories throughout that i mean even just talk about the holy spirit like even as i was just kind of reading through your story before posting it onto instagram like earlier that day we had choir practice and a, a bunch of students were practicing no longer a slave to fear but i am a child of god uh, right yeah and so we were we were working on this harmony um and so all of a sudden like my son's doing his first Holy Communion right now. So I was in the parking lot while he was doing his classes mm -hmm. in the evening. And so I was reading through your story. And as it <laughs> landed on, I am a child of God, like finding your identity in, in being a child of God. I'm not kidding. Like the song that was playing in the car, right as I yeah. read, I'm a child of God. God they in said, my I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. And I was thinking, okay, Holy Spirit, you know? <laughs> Yeah. You have my attention. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's so true. And I think like I talked about yeah. my experience um, of having scoliosis and having spinal surgery, but there was another probably more defining moment for me, which is when we lived in North Queensland in this boarding school. And okay. it was really an encounter of just being broken. You know, those seasons in our life where God allows us to be broken so oh, yeah. that he can rebuild us. <laughs> Had a couple of those. <laughs> uh, it's, um, so there was one of those and we'd been married and we wanted to start a family and we ended up actually having a six-year journey of infertility where we weren't able to fall pregnant and it became a season of real questioning. I think that really challenged my identity as a woman, as a wife. I'm like, what is my purpose if we can't be fruitful and multiply? What's what does my marriage mean? Who am I if my body doesn't work correctly as a woman? And it was a real time, it was a really difficult season, a real dark night experience of a lot of questioning. Mm. And I think what God allowed me to do is to be brought to my knees and to be rebuilt in terms of my identity as a child of God. And and it was it was a moment I actually remember there was two things that happened. I went to a women's conference and there was a real focus on being the beloved. Mm. And that, that, that God's favour rests on each and every one of us. Um, and I think that was a, the beginning of this journey of identity. And, and the second thing that happened was I came across John Paul II's teachings on womanhood for the first time. Okay. One of the religious brothers was actually throwing out a whole lot of encyclicals. 
and I was about to go for a run and I saw this one Mulieris Dignitatum. I'd never heard of it. Like I was mm. 28. I've been yeah. raised in a Catholic family, Catholic schools, youth group, and never, right. ever heard of John Paul II stuff. Anyway, I picked that up and I read it and it just captivated me because he was, what he was saying in there is that, you know, it's not just our ability to bear biological children that matters as women. Mm. And he talks about these beautiful qualities of the feminine genius and that as women, we actually have a vocation, like our womanhood, as your manhood is a vocation. And right. so for me, that really sparked, I guess, everything I've done since with women because yeah. it was a seed that was planted in my own life. It gave meaning and purpose to my season of suffering. Um, that, wow. And God also, I guess, you know, used all things work for good for those yes. that love the Lord. And, yeah. and that seed he planted in that season actually became, I guess, is now bearing fruit in the work that we do. So, wow. yeah. Thank you so much for season. Thank you so much for speaking to that. Yeah, it's definitely like going through a test, but how testimony was born from that. And then mm. look at how you're, you're probably taking that vision into everything that you're doing now with the Genius Project and yes, everything, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Hence the genius in the Genius yes. Project. <laughs> yeah. Yes, amazing. Yeah. Well, well, thank you everyone for joining tonight. If you have any questions for Karen, feel free to submit the question button uh, there with any questions that you may have. Um, but throughout the week, you did have a number of questions that kind of came in with the question sticker that we posted at the okay. beginning of the week. So okay. one of the questions um, was, what is the meaning of the name of your podcast? Okay. Well, the Genius Podcast, um, it's just a podcast for the everyday Catholic woman. And right. it's really diving into, I guess, well, not every episode, but it, it's really helping women live their genius, their feminine genius. And... I think for me, I have a real heart and passion that women are formed. Um, they're formed spiritually, but they're also formed with the practical skills to live life as women, as Catholic women in the world today. So right. we look at all things like marriage and living the single life and managing our mindset and what the feminine genius is and how to cultivate a rich interior life and how to have healthy routines. So, you know, they're very practical, but also spiritual things. Yeah. So. So the genius uh, is really a, a play on the feminine genius. Okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love yeah. the I love the fact that you really focus on marriage as well because I've had many many conversations with other married couples about how our marriage okay. prep was literally like a day. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> or I know two, and it's like go live the culture of Happily life and the after. culture of death. <laughs> That's it. it's, like, it's terrible okay, really? and i don't i really don't think that we can it's like having a baby no one can prepare you, you actually have to do it and yeah, and so then yes. what it is is about accompaniment once you've yes. committed to that vocation and and jonathan and i do a lot of relationship education and um we work with couples and it's just so important i think you know, we're called to come alongside each other, but we don't know how to do the coming alongside. And yeah. that's a practical thing, which I, I just, I love speaking into that. Absolutely. Do you, do you have any advice? I mean, you've got a lot of years of experience of uh, <laughs> being married. Any, any advice on uh, young married couples? Like, oh, I've got so much now. advice. Look, I'll start by saying. That's another think, podcast for sure. That's a whole other one. <laughs> we could go all week. But yeah. I think the one thing, 
is I think we need goalposts and people need to know what to hold on to and mm. where to get formation and obviously John Paul too. But outside of that is there's a great book by John Gottman called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And it's one of the best relationship books I've ever read. And it okay. is very practical about how we come alongside each other. Mm. Um, because so the one thing I would say is also listening to the, I guess the complaint behind the criticism. I think a lot of men and women I know, you know, we, it's natural that we get our backs up when we're criticised mm. or we, we think we're being criticised. And I think for men, criticism is interpreted as disrespect sometimes. So mm. there's a bit of work women can do on how they frame that complaint. But I often say that we get into messy territory when we, you know, we're defensive and then we criticise and we're defensive but I really encourage people to stand back and, and say, what is the complaint behind the criticism? Like what's the unmet need? And I guess having the humility then to receive that because, you know, we do a lot of relationship stuff and we, people ask what's the key to a great relationship and obviously there's communication and honesty, trust, but I really believe it's this receptivity to growth and humility. Mm. Wow. So... Yeah, I think it, when we have the humility to hear what another person's saying and to go to the heart of that, well, we can grow together then through any season. So, yeah. It makes yeah. me think of this uh, image that I saw where it's, it almost looks like the, the couple has their backs to each other, like they're arguing, mm -hmm. but inside. And so it's like a it's like a painting or I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> inside, okay. it, it shows like the little child inside of them. Yes. actually reaching their hand for each other. Oh, um, wow. And I think you spoke beautifully to that in the sense that, you know, it's like being receptive and open to what is the deeper need that is there. Right? Mm. Yeah. And it's this coming alongside realizing, I think we need the reminder you said about, okay, go out and live a culture of life in a culture of death. And <laughs> yeah. we are, we often say to kids, you know, you're surrounded, fish discover water last. We're so surrounded, fish are so surrounded in water. They don't step back to say what's the impact of this. Mm. And as Catholic married couples, we are swimming in a sea of really toxic messages about marriage, happiness, personal happiness, yes. pleasure. Yeah. And we forget, we lose the eternal perspective that if we're truly called to a Catholic sacramental marriage, well, this is the place of our sanctification. Mm. And that is our call to holiness. So I often say to people like, what you think is an irritation is actually an invitation. It's an and invitation. Yeah. And there is a grace yeah. in our marriage. So, yes. yeah. Uh, my other advice is to really surround yourself with other solid Catholic married couples and 100%. just have that culture of celebrating marriage and, and esteeming marriage. Yes. Well said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've got questions coming in here. Okay. What are here they? Here we go. <laughs> it's going to come you up have on the to screen. read them to me. Okay. Can you see what it there? Is Yes. What is the most incredible moment you recall from your journey with Christ? It's wow. a beautiful question. That's a great question. Lady Mima. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I like that name too. <laughs> um, I think memorable moment is probably my spinal surgery and also this moment of infertility when I was really being broken. I yes. felt so vulnerable and so useless, really. Like I just, even I, I just, I started to question my value, my beauty, my worth. And I really felt that Christ came to me, I guess, through the words of John Paul II, mm -hmm. to just redeem 
that sense of hope that this situation was not hopeless. Um, I've had so many, you know, I remember being in New Zealand speaking with Jonathan, this is, gosh, 2006, and the infertility, just the grief of the constant disappointment, I, I couldn't handle it anymore. So I, I, anyone listening from New Zealand, it wasn't my favourite place because every time we went to speak there, I just felt so sad. And um, the Sisters of Life said to me that they would pray for us, and they did. But I remember coming home and just going to adoration because I thought, I I cannot cope with this anymore. I just, I can't carry the weight of this. And just going before the Lord in adoration and just crying, crying, and my encounter of him meeting me there in that pain, that he was there in that that real sadness and grief. So I just have many memories of that. It kind of comes back to that proverb scripture that trust in the Lord with all your heart and he'll guide you. I think, I mean, Jonathan and I have suffered in different ways over the years and, and many things have happened and we have a mature faith that doesn't necessarily ask why, why me, why God, but I, I always try and ask the question how because it's more life-giving. How can I grow? How is God going to be glorified? I think that's a really helpful thing is just shifting our perspective from why, why me, why God to how because God can... God will use anything in our life, even the darkest sort of experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And Sorry, he, that's caused me to go into like deep contemplation <laughs> as you say that, you know, it's like, yeah, how can you use this for yeah. your glory? Yeah, yeah. That's powerful. I mean, at the start of COVID, I mean, we have a speaking business, so we've been um, hammered by COVID, our business, like, and most it. of our work is in the US. So, um, yeah. You know, so it's just been such a season of trusting. I mean, over the last two years, honestly, I would just sum those two years up as grief and loss. Magnified. We had a couple of friends, boys, who took their lives. They were 13 and 16. Um, we know 10 people whose marriages have broken down. Um, my oh. brother has been through incredible trauma. Um, you know, just the impact of our business and yeah. and homeschooling kids. <laughs> was, and I think yeah. it's like now I just, Christ is in my heart. So my days of prayer is just carry me through this, reveal yourself, provide. Yeah. So I think all of those things, if I look back on my life, those seeds were sown at a young age. And I think what else do we have? If we grieve without hope and without Christ, we spiral into despair and hopelessness yes. and despondency. Very and we, so. we have to trust, you know, in the word of God. And that's where I bury myself. We have to trust in his promises, even when we can't see the fulfillment of those promises. Yeah. And, and even recognizing that that doesn't necessarily need to be a feeling, but a decision. Absolutely. In the pain and in the, the Lord, I have no idea what you're doing right now. Just yeah. to say those words, Jesus, I trust in you. Yeah. Yes. You know, Absolutely. and just take care of everything like i entrust all this to you yeah um, i look forward to seeing the victory i tell you <laughs> yes i was just it's like Catherine and sienna said you know we can't have the victory without the battle i said well this is a bloody long battle so come on <laughs> let's have the victory yeah but, you know we we fight I, I love father jacques philippe i think that would be another person i'd love to sit down with but that we fight with christ on our side in all right. of our battles right so 
Absolutely. Yeah, and the real battle is to maintain peace of heart in the midst of all the, the difficulties we face. Yeah, absolutely. And you can, you can really very much see, um, like as a diamond is formed in the ground, it's hidden, mm -hmm. right? But it's mm -hmm. over time through that pressure that it turns yes. into this beautiful diamond, right? And I think that can be a powerful image of God working in our lives. Yes, it can. Absolutely. I, I think I've encountered a couple of people who, like when I've mentioned her son, she lost her son um, to suicide last year and um, just it's not an easy journey. So I think sometimes we can run the danger of glorifying suffering. Mm. It, you know, like if, but there's something truly beautiful that does happen, like when you actually are living that journey and even though it's done imperfectly and even though most days you may feel like falling apart or yeah. feeling really up grief filled and all of those things that just that trust, it's that decision to trust that the Lord is, is close. So yes. Thank yeah. you for adding that. I really appreciate you saying that. Mm. Okay. You've got a lot of questions flying. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keep <laughs> me with them. <laughs> Here we go. I might have to read the last part of it, but it said, did okay. you ever do a discussion in your podcast on your scoliosis journey as someone who has, um, here we go, a, a spine that battles the pain spine. each, yes, each day with an infertility journey, what prayer do you pray for mm. strength? Wow. Firstly, I really empathize with your journey because it's not easy. I actually haven't done I actually haven't really shared about my scoliosis publicly before. So there you go. <laughs> um, Thank you. But yeah, it's, I, I think I'm just reading here as someone who's okay. So prayers that I pray, I think it's just burying myself in the promises of God, because I, I do believe, I know that I've experienced this to be true and working and coaching women. Um, this is true that the enemy sort of there's when we suffer, there's, a door that's opened and the enemy can really come in through that door if we're not careful and so seeds of doubt and so um, discord and distrust I mean that's what he did in the Garden of Eden like mm. it, it was questioning the goodness and the gift of God um, and so I, I think that we really have to bury ourselves in the word and the promise of God and lean into that for me it was going to adoration and just sitting before the blessed sacrament and sometimes it can take half an hour an hour to finally empty your mind but on the days where you have a luxury of being there for longer than that yeah. uh, there's just a there's a peace that comes and I, I really encourage anybody going through that journey to especially with infertility is to pursue the investigations um, and I know the NAPRO technology doctors are very good on that but then there, there are situations where that might not happen. There's situations where there's women who long to be married and they, they're unable to find a spouse. Yes. Um, and so there's the grief of realising that they won't or that they won't have children. And there's, these are the crosses and we all have them. Everybody has a cross and we're called to pick up our cross and follow him. So whatever a person's individual cross is, my advice is, to really push into the heart of God, to, to get a good spiritual director who could, and mm -hmm. good friends or even a coach to remind you and, and to keep you focused, I guess, on where you're headed because, um, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy and, and he will use those grief-filled moments of our life to really kill our faith. 
destroy our trust in the Lord. Um, so I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah, I think so. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Mm. Okay. Last question of the night. If you could go back in time and give your younger self <laughs> advice, what would you say? What would I say? I would absolutely say, do not worry. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is going to work out and do not fear. Like really, I'd say to my younger self, don't you know how beautiful you are? Don't you know, like God has placed within you so many beautiful gifts. You don't have to worry. You don't have to look around and compare. Mm. I think it's, it's, I mean, I turned 48 last week, but I, I, I think there's that. something, yeah, thanks. I'm like, I'm not sure I want to be a, a, <laughs> on the verge of 50, but, <laughs> but there's a, there's a peace and a contentment that comes. I think, I think the teens, early twenties are very much years of questioning of, of finding identity. Um, yeah. I think you do then reach a point where it becomes about contribution. And, and I feel like I'm in that place. How can I contribute? How can I serve? And there's a peace and a freedom in that. But I would go back and just say, look at what your gifts are. Like that's what I'd say to myself and, and develop those gifts. Don't be trying to be like somebody else or her gifts. Focus on what the Lord's given you and then work on those gifts and then show up and, and use those to serve. Absolutely. You know, when you, when you said at the very beginning of what would you say to your younger self about your beautiful, you know, and like mm -hmm. um, all those words of affirmation, I almost had this image of you in the hospital room. And Jesus oh. being there saying all those things to you, you know, and I oh, very yeah. much his, his presence was there, you know, when you were like mm. those feelings of alone that Jesus was very much yes. with you, that you were never alone. Yeah, absolutely. Is... Yeah. I've always had a really strong sense of his presence. So, um, yeah, I feel really blessed actually. I mean, there was one, I went out, I dated a guy when I was in high school and his mum died of cancer actually. Mm. And I remember being really angry at God, but that was in year 12 when I was in college. And I nearly, I, I said to my dad one day, I'm not going to mass anymore. I'm angry at God. And then he sat down and he gently talked to me. I was like, okay, I'll come to mass. <laughs> so that was as bad as it got for me. But I, I just, I think I've really always been blessed with that sense of Christ's presence in my life. Absolutely. Mm. On that note, Karen, I just want to thank you yeah. so much for your yes to Jesus and his church. I'm so happy that we had the opportunity yeah, to finally right. make this happen. I mean, thanks <laughs> well, be to thank God. You. The Holy Spirit yeah, is definitely well, just moving. So, Yeah, and thank you for your ministry too because I, I, don't, I was like, it's just beautiful for people to have an opportunity to see how different people say yes to the Lord. Yeah. And, um, and we just we're all called to say yes in the middle yes. of, you know, our moments like with my kids this morning when they weren't doing as I wanted them to and I had to get down to the office. So, you know, there's so many small yeses and there's the bigger yeses. But I think when we're faithful in the small things, he entrusts us with the bigger things. And Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So if people want yeah. to connect to learn more about what you have going on, how would they go about doing that? Sure. So I'm on Instagram, um, genius underscore project underscore daily, and they can yeah. come and follow the work we do there. Um, there's the Genius Podcast, which is on all major podcast platforms. And I've got um, a website, which is www.geniusproject.co. And on that, it's a whole lot of different things. But um, the Catholic Women's Masterclass is something I walk women through over four months. It's a masterclass that I wrote for women looking at how they can, I guess, develop rhythms of renewal in their life, which will see them flourish and peaceful. Um, I offer a professionally trained Catholic coach. So I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one private coaching with women and do a lot of speaking as well and, and have some books on there that I've written. So 
Yeah. Praise God. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for, for sharing your story. Would you, oh, be able to, would you be able to close us in prayer tonight? Yes, I'd love to. It'd be an honor. Awesome. Awesome. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, we come before you at the close of this interview. We thank you for the opportunity to give glory to you. We thank you for the mission and the ministry of Yes Catholic. We pray that you'll continue to bless that. But most of all, Lord, I pray your protection and your blessing over all the people who've tuned in to listen tonight. That they didn't tune in by accident, Lord, that you wanted to speak something to them. And I just pray the protection of your son's blood over the seed that's been sown in their heart, that they would be drawn closer into love of you, into relationship with you, and that you would just provide for them in every possible way. We just ask for your blessing and protection over all of us, our families, the work, and our yes to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies, I hope that you found that conversation with David and I helpful and insightful. And if you would like to leave a review, can I really encourage you to do so because it really helps spread the word of the Genius Podcast. Ladies, Advent is only a couple of weeks away and here at the Genius Project, we will be working through Sister Miriam James Heitland's book, Behold. Now, as you know, she was on our podcast way back in July and she is a really beautiful woman who has such depth and insight when it comes to, I guess, walking through these seasons such as Lent and Advent and really guiding us towards a deeper relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. So if you're interested in that, can I encourage you to get your copy of Behold? If you're living in Australia, you can get that through Modern Grace. And if you're in the United States, through the publisher. Until next week, ladies, have a beautiful week. God bless you. Come join us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily. And you can check out our initiatives at the website, www.geniusproject.co. All right, ladies, we'll see you next week. God bless you and have a lovely week.